Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you. And uh, Mr. Mayor, Chief Hines, and all, all our guests, I'm uh, honored to be here. And I'm really thankful uh, to have this opportunity to share with you. And I, I want to start by giving thanks for Todd and Jamie Keyes for your servant leadership in uh, bringing, this, bringing us together every year in your ministry in the village of Marymount. Uh, you guys have been outstanding, so thank you very much. Uh, Todd had asked if I would share my journey in prayer uh, on this National Day of Prayer 2022, so I'm honored to do that. In his book, uh, Where Your Treasure Is, pastor and author Eugene Peterson described prayer as an essentially subversive activity where slowly but surely everything inside of us and everything around us is subordinated to the purposes of God. I like that definition and I can vouch for that. Having experienced a life transformed by the practice of prayer over the years, I would describe my journey uh, in prayer with the five F's of prayer. Form prayer, family prayer, friendship prayer, fire prayer, and faith prayer. So I'm going to briefly touch on those five. First of all, form prayers. Growing up as part of a Catholic family in Canada, my introduction to prayer was in the form of written prayers, like Our Father, the many familiar liturgical responses that you have in the Mass, uh, also uh, the familiar prayer of grace at the dinner table, which I believe is almost identical in all Catholic families. We didn't pray any spontaneous prayers, and we certainly didn't pray out loud for other people. Only priests did that. But form prayers, like the ones we just prayed for our country, are great ways to grow in prayer uh, because you get to see how other godly people think about prayer and how they pray. And uh, many of these uh, prayers are in the Bible, the way the apostles prayed for the churches. And so I still use these a lot and I like them. Second one is family prayers. Though I had been a church attender for many years, I only grasped the good news of Jesus for the first time in 1996. Romans chapter 3 says that God accepted the death of his sinless son, Jesus, as a substitute atonement for my sin and yours. In fact, everyone has sinned and failed to reach God's perfect standard, except for Jesus, who did. Uh, and so the God of Israel declared that Jesus would be the only acceptable sacrifice for the payment of sins. Now, this was super good news for me, because at that time I knew I was not a good person. And you could ask many people around me about that. So I gladly welcomed Jesus as my substitute and my savior uh, before a holy God. And uh, John's gospel says it this way, but to all who believed Jesus and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So I realized, wow, I'm part of God's family by grace through faith. I've been adopted. That changed my perception of prayer. I started praying to my heavenly father, who was always ready to listen and love me. 
I was healed from the gaps in my relationship with my earthly father, and my prayers became a childlike conversation. So I could start most days in the early days with, good morning, Dad, what's on today? And that uh, was my uh, just deep joy at being part of God's family. And in, in this process, my, my understanding of the Our Father also changed. It's actually a prayer with six subjects, and they're, they're all about the Father, the Father's character, hallowed be thy name, the Father's kingdom, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the Father's provision, give us today our daily bread, the Father's forgiveness, you know, forgive our trespasses as we forgive others who trespass against us, uh, the Father's guidance, lead us not into temptation, and the Father's protection, deliver us from the evil one. So all of a sudden, I, I, I found myself praying freely on these topics, the, the character of the Father, the kingdom, uh, forgiveness, and, and I found myself praying uh, for, for much longer than I would have ever imagined that I would want to pray, and uh, it was a beautiful process to, to learn these spontaneous prayers. So family prayers with my father and Jesus, his son, my brother, which leads the three to friendship prayers. As our conversation deepened, I felt like I was becoming friends with Jesus. I was sensing his presence, getting better at being, at, at being quiet and hearing his voice. And uh, John 15, 15 kind of confirmed that. It said, I no longer call you servant because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. That encouraged me a lot to talk to Jesus, even more and especially to listen for his voice uh, throughout the day. And that was amazing because I often, as I asked, I got to pray for my friends, my neighbors, my co-workers, <clears throat> even my waiters and waitresses when I went out to a restaurant. <clears throat> All the while, having this two-way conversation with the people I was with and with, with God at the same time, learning to hear as I go. And I'd be asking him for a word of encouragement for these folks. Uh, one day I was able to pray for a waitress and I heard him whisper, I love her work ethic and I love how she's the glue of her family. And I thought, wow, okay. I thought about it and I, I said, can I, can I tell you something? Um, I was praying for you and here's what I, I heard the Lord say about you. And you could see the tears come down her face because she had a family that was broken up by divorce. She had brothers who were in the armed services living across the world. She had sisters in town that were not talking to each other. And it was her earnest desire to bring her family into a more together place. So uh, it's not always perfect, but I felt that God was using my friendship with him. Jesus was using my friendship to bless others and that was a thrill to me. Uh, friendship really changed my entire prayer posture. Uh, for example, my son and his wife, um, who are a very godly couple, were having trouble having children. 
And I remember that, oh, okay, I'm a friend of Jesus. I'm part of the family. Uh, and so I was free to pray like an insider. It wasn't like I was begging this uh, stingy, distant deity, but like I was part of the team. I was on the family, on the family business. So I, I was praying uh, a lot. Lord, give him a child, give him a child. And then I started praying, no, 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 no. Dad, I know from your word, you want godly children. This couple over here, they're going to give you godly children. So let's do this. And they have two boys, ages four and six now, and they are giving God honor and glory for that gift of being able to have children. So more and more, I'm experiencing Jesus as my friend. He's with me all the time. He gives me ways to pray. He reminds me of Bible verses to pray. As I spend more time with him and read the Bible through regularly, I experience greater freedom to pray for other people, to share with them what God was doing and saying. And because I knew the Bible better, I was much bolder to ask for things in Jesus' name using his vocabulary as a son and as a friend. Because we're in a constant relational conversation, my prayers are more confident, they're more well-informed, and they're grounded in his ways. We're on the same page, we're on the same team. Which leads to fire prayers, number four. As I continued to grow in prayer, I began to understand more about the personhood, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus teaches in Luke 11 that God is a really good Father, and he will give the Holy Spirit to all those who ask. As I continue to ask for the fullness of the Holy Spirit, I experience more zeal. Uh, the disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24, after the resurrection of Jesus, walking with him, when he disappeared from their sight after breaking bread, they said to each other, are our hearts not burning within us? And that experience of heat and the presence of God uh, really became my experience. And shortly after that, Jesus promised his disciples that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came on them and at Pentecost. And it is at a greater and greater number of times I'm experiencing this fire and power when I'm praying. I call these things fire prayers because my engagement with God is growing in awe and passion and intensity for the things that are on his heart for us. When I pray for my grandkids, or spouses for my two unmarried kids, or a person in distress emotionally, or the healing of someone who's suffering, I'm praying more with the fire and the authority and the passion of Jesus. And I'm seeing physical and emotional healing, character transformation, a renewed hunger for God, and unity in prayer. One of the uh, recent experiences is that we had a, one of our high school students um, who's a tennis player who is suffering from this really brutal tennis elbow and he couldn't play because it was too painful uh, to hit the ball. And so he came for prayer and we started praying over him and I just felt the Lord's love for him and passion for him and intensity. And so I just said, Lord, lift this, pray, lift this pain off of his elbow in the name of Jesus. And immediately the pain lifted and immediately that afternoon he went out to practice and he's been hitting uh, the, the tennis ball now for three weeks, zero pain. So he's gonna be testifying at church 
uh, this coming Sunday. And also, he's praying for other people to be healed, which is such a blessing. So that's, uh, that is not my doing. I just want to make that really clear. This is not my doing. This is the Spirit's power, and it's available to all followers of Jesus. And finally, faith prayers. As the journey of prayer continues, I'm finding that my faith is growing in the love and the power and the goodness of the Father, of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They want us to pray. They want us to pray bold, God-sized prayers that require more and more faith. God is good. He performs His Word. He does His Word. So in Matthew 18, for example, Jesus gives us authority whenever we gather and pray together in unity, like we're doing today, to release the things of God on the earth and to stop the things of evil. He delegates authority to us. How good is that? So this growing faith has prompted me to pray for the kingdom of Jesus to touch down in our city, for the church in Ukraine and Russia to rise up in love and bless and their communities in boldness. Uh, it's leading me to pray that every mother would keep every child conceived. Uh, and it's also led me to pray to cast out demons from orphans who have been uh, traumatically abused. It's given me the courage to pray for the demons that enslave addicts uh, in our community. And it even leads me to pray crazy prayers like uh, our flying pig outreach last week. It was supposed to be thunderstorms all morning. We said, Lord, we, we're, we're, having a, we're having an outreach here. We're going to be preaching the gospel. We're going to be serving children and runners and with our bacon station and all that. Like, Lord, please don't let it rain so we can honor you out there. And they, you were there. There was no rain. In fact, we had people walking around with their phones. Look at, look at the radar. The, the storm has gone around us. God does these things. And so one God-sized faith, uh, faith prayer than miracle that I've experienced uh, is the Greater Cincinnati Prayer Canopy. And I'm going to close with this. In April 2019, I heard a story about the churches of Whatcom County in Washington State. And they had been praying 11 years, 24-7, all the churches working together. And they'd had amazing results in their community. And we, as the chief has told us, we've got murder and homicide problems here. We have crime problems. Well, in this community, not initially, but over time, they were able to reduce violence and reduce uh, crime in all different categories. So we, uh, we were amazed by this, by this story of this, this community coming together. And then I heard Jesus whispering to me, I want this done in Cincinnati. And I thought, wow. That's a God-sized undertaking. Uh, that's a pretty tall order, Lord. So I started praying. I sought out prayer leaders across our city, and we began in October of 2019. Uh, despite COVID, we now have 58 churches and 1,400 intercessors praying for our city and region uh, every day, every hour, all month, every month, all the time. And uh, this coming together in prayer. Only Jesus can do that. So on your tables, you've got an example in the middle there of our May prayer guide. And this goes out to all the intercessors and we are praying together the, the word of God to God and uh, 
we are seeing tremendous changes in the attitudes of uh, unity in the church. So I just encourage you to take a look at that. If you want to know more and you want to pray in the prayer canopy, then there's ways to get in touch with us on there. And you'll notice that this month, every month we pray for one of the 72 neighborhoods of Greater Cincinnati. This month we're praying for Fairfax, Marymount, and Terrace Park. And so that's a way uh, to join in. So uh, that's my journey. Form prayers leading to family prayers, leading to friendship prayers, leading to fire prayers, leading to growing faith. So let me uh, close in prayer. So Father, I just thank you and praise you uh, for your amazing love. Lord, I bless each person here who has not made a decision to follow Jesus uh, to receive salvation today. I pray, Lord, that there would be hunger in our hearts for your word. I ask, Father, that you would give a zeal for prayer. And Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you would transform our community, that we would be even more, uh, Lord, a place of refuge and righteousness and joy as we have been praying this morning. And we give you all the glory, Jesus. In your mighty name I pray. Amen.